Being an expert on general automotive knowledge, what would the correct ignition timing be on a 1955 Bel Air Chevrolet with a 327 cubic inch engine and a full barrel carburetor? It is a trick question. Watch this. Because Chevy didn't make a 327 in 55. The 327 didn't come out till 62. And it wasn't offered in the Bel Air with a four barrel carb till 64. However, in 1964, the correct ignition timing will be four degrees before top dead center. Get ready for another hour of drive radio brought to you by Colorado Select Auto Care Centers. Got a question for the experts? Then give them a call, 303-477-5600. Now it's time to pop the hood and get our hands dirty. Drive radio on KLZ 560 The Source. Alrighty, everybody, welcome to hour number two of Drive Radio. Dan Muir in for the vacationing John Rush. Along with me is is Josh Goff from Legacy Auto in Boulder and Zach Dowd from Novus Auto Glass down in Parker. And uh, they're here to answer your car care questions. Now, Charlie, you ready? The question of the day. This was inspired by my wife as we were talking about what should we talk about on Drive Radio, my lovely bride. So let's talk about you know romantic stuff that happened in the car or what you did for your spouse that was romantic about the car. And so what is the most romantic experience or thing that you've done with your spouse in your car is the question. We have Daniel from Highlands Ranch who's actually going to answer that question. Daniel, welcome to Drive Radio. Hey, thanks. Good morning. Love your show. Good morning. Thank you. So... Um, about a year ago, maybe a little bit more, we had a comet in the sky. Do you remember that? Oh, yeah. Yeah. The early morning, you had to get out before 4 a.m. to see it. Yeah. And uh, so we drove way out towards Kyla and um, found a nice dark spot to watch this, the comet. And uh, I had a breakfast burrito, kicked back in the car, and, and just enjoyed talking to each other for a while. The funny thing is, the ceiling from the car uh, was too low, so we had to lean forward to see the comet, and I found a hill... Um, where I backed up rather aggressively onto it, opened the skylight, set our seats way back, and we could view this comet bin through the skylight. Awesome. <laughs> that is really cool. So, that was a lot of fun. That is, that's a great story, actually. That's the kind of story I'm looking for, man. That's awesome. Cool. Well, thanks for, uh, thanks for the show. Love it. Listen every Saturday. Thanks, Daniel. Really appreciate the call. 303-477-5600. We're here to answer any of your car care questions. And today we've got uh, Zach from Novus Auto Glass. He can talk about windshields and windshield replacement and all that kind of stuff. And Josh from uh, Legacy Auto can talk about automobile repairs. And we were talking about, you know, the gunk. And mm-hmm. we were talking about, you know, keeping spark plugs clean and, and why you should really use the better gas, the top tier fuels. And, if, okay, if you're cheap like me and you burn a lot of gas, the 44K works too to help keep those things clean, right? It does. I recommend if you're going to run the cheap gas, you know, run that 44K, you know, once every other oil change and just to keep okay. to keep everything clean on this car. And it's important, right? Because there's, there's lots of little things and crevices and ports and i mean there's all sorts of things in there that just need to keep clean right and the thing you don't realize is all the carbon that builds up on the valves and and as you're driving you're you're slowly losing power and since you drive it every day you don't recognize it until you go and get it all cleaned out and then all of a sudden you know your engine comes back to life and you can climb the mountains around here all right kevin and broomfield you got a couple questions you're up next welcome to drive radio uh thanks uh i have a 2020 uh, Subaru Outback, and a couple questions. One on the um, how it 
it revs it when you first started it up cold it revs at about 17 1800 rpms for a while is that because it's just needing to get the synthetic oil and lubricant yeah that's what's doing it you know what they want especially on our newer cars is to get the car warm as fast as it can so a car that's warm is an efficient car you know less emissions all that stuff so what they do is they let it idle up a little bit and let it build up heat so get the cats warmed up you know get the oil up to temp and get it just so it's actually running efficiently and and you know not polluting our environment okay so when you're when you're starting for the first time it's not an issue in the summer usually kicks back down before i hardly leave the garage but what about winter time um it's doing that on its own because it knows how cold you know that engine is and it knows where it wants to be so you know that's why it sits there and and runs it trying to you know get it up to temp as fast as it can what's a reasonable amount of time before you just you know put it in put it in reverse and get get going you know, you're, it's the modern cars, I wouldn't wait too long, you know, probably not even a minute, you know, and then you're fine. Oh, okay. Okay. And then my other questions on the CVT transmission, mm-hmm. on, uh, they seem to really stretch out changing the, uh, the fluid in that, but I've always taken really good care of my cars, but I don't want to overdo it. What's a good recommendation, especially when a lot of mountain driving and we take road trips, and a lot of them have, you know, mountain passes and everything. So the period of time, the mileage on changing out the uh, the fluid in the in the CVT transmission. On those Subarus, we're doing it every 30,000. I've just had too many issues with the CVTs, okay. and I'm just recommending okay. doing it every 30. And the ones that I've switched to, you know, doing it every 30K on, I'm not seeing issues with. So, you know, hmm. just, just from my experience... Okay just if you know that's expensive transmission when things go wrong with it so just you know make sure and make sure they're putting the right fluid in it you know cvt fluids quite a bit different than atf or anything like that so make sure they're putting a a, you know either the subaru fluid in it or something equivalent that's that's just as good but every 30k is what i've been doing and i haven't had an issue since we switched to okay doing 30k is the chain on the CVD transmission something new, or the, if they use chains uh, uh, instead of belts? They, you know, it's it's something new with them. You know, they've always kind of used some sort of rubberized belt or chain on it. You know, but the, I think the one they got on the newer one because they have two different CVTs, and the newer one, you know, is a little bit different design than what we've had in the past. Okay, I was just wondering. There's not enough time. To, to know have a history on how they're going to hold up or not. So. Yeah, I haven't, you know, they haven't been out long enough. For us, you know, it, it, right. especially in the aftermarket side, the dealers see it a little bit quicker, but, you know, we don't see it till 75, 80K to know really how things are, are, are going to happen right. with those cars. You know, and they have to be out, you know, for me, about five years before, you know, you really okay. know. Okay. Well, thanks. Thanks. Thanks for the advice. Thank you. All right, Kevin, thanks for the call. Chuck and Frederick, you're up next. Welcome to Drive Radio. Good morning, guys. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. I have a question for Josh from Legacy. I called in last week and talked to John. He recommended you guys. Uh-huh. I haven't had a chance to touch base with you, but I'm looking to do a little diagnostic estimate work on my 2011 Jeep Wrangler. Okay. It doesn't happen all the time, but I get a shimmy every once in a while, 
in the front end that almost feels like the right front wheel is about to come off. Yeah, the good old death wobble, as we call it. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. Well, I took it into a local garage over here just to have them do a check, and they said that I have a tie rod on the right front that's got a little play in it, but they said it's not enough to warrant replacing it. The only other thing on this thing is the steering stabilizer is an aftermarket. Okay. You you got an idea of you know what might be causing this? You know, with that, a lot of times it is the steering stabilizer, so we will check that out, and the ball joints. The ball joints are have been an issue with the Wranglers, well, since the beginning of time, you know, I feel like. So that's why we go okay. through and really, you know, double-check those, and, you know, that tie rod. With the death wobble, any of those can lead to it, you know. I've, and also how your tires have worn. I, I had an 05 Rubicon, and, you know, it would hit death wobble usually the most inconvenient time usually coming down kenosha pass or some other long pass that's so, <laughs> you know exactly. 75 80 miles an hour and a death wobble comes on and yeah it's not a fun time then is your jeep lifted at all or is it stock no it's completely stock uh, is that common like it it is common yeah yeah Wow, because I drove one of those and it started doing this. So I was like, what is the matter with this car? Yes. I thought it was going to die. Seriously. It was crazy. And, and All we... right, so can I make arrangements and give you guys a call and take it in for a diagnostic and an estimate? Yeah, just give us a call Monday morning. I'll forget by the time I get home. So <laughs> but give us All a call right, Monday so morning. As far as I know, you guys are 303-396-0555? That's correct. All right, I'll give you a call Monday because I'm free all through Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. So thank you very much. Perfect. Guys. Thank appreciate you. It. Thanks, Chuck. Really appreciate it. Okay, uh, Don and JR, hang tight. We'll be right with you. You're listening to Drive Radio KLZ 560. Dan Muir in for John Rush. We'll be right back. For over 38 years, Geno's Auto Service has been serving Littleton and customers along the Front Range. Right now, you can take advantage of Geno's $74.99 four-wheel alignment special. Mention KLZ Radio, and they'll include a free inspection of your suspension. During the winter months, icy roads and potholes can damage your suspension, so it's worth getting it checked out. This month, get a $50 NAPA prepaid Visa card with a qualifying NAPA steering and suspension parts purchase of $250 or more. As members of Colorado Select Auto Care, Geno's backs up their service with Napa's nationwide peace of mind warranty. Geno's continues to service Larry's automotive customers. To make your life simpler, Geno's offers loaner vehicles so you can drop your car off and pick up when ready. Give them a call or go online to schedule an appointment and be sure to check out all of their excellent Google reviews. They're AAA approved and located at Bowles and Platte Canyon in Littleton. Stop in or visit them online at Geno's autoservice.com that's genos with a j your next oil change could change the life of your vehicle forever if you think that's a tall order maybe you've been getting the wrong oil change a bg performance oil change BG. comes with a lifetime of engine and fuel system coverage and something else peace of mind where do you find it find a shop in your neighborhood at bgfindashop.com that's bgfindashop.com because an oil change that offers a lifetime of peace of mind is a change worth making. BG. KLZ's personal injury attorney, Kevin Flesh of Flesh and Beck Law, has a unique background that makes him a more effective advocate for you. 
He handles both criminal and civil cases. Most attorneys only do one or the other, but Kevin has almost 25 years of experience on both sides, which means he has more practice in the courtroom. Most personal injury attorneys will say they have experience in court, but since only about 10% of personal injury cases actually go to trial, those attorneys only appear in court once or twice a year. Because Kevin also takes criminal cases, he appears in court constantly. Kevin has a rare ability to present an argument that only comes from years of experience learning how to read a courtroom. KLZ's personal injury attorney continues to practice both civil and criminal defense because he believes the courtroom keeps him nimble. Trial tested, trial ready. Kevin Flesh of Flesh and Beck Law. Schedule a free consultation now at 303-806-8886. Napa know-how. A Napa guy knows that by the foot, there's no better ride than an old station wagon. Room for six people facing forward, two people facing backward, and a whole lot of luggage, lumber, and bicycles haphazardly strapped to the roof. If you can parallel park that beast, you can park anything. And with some quality parts and a little Napa know-how, you can keep your land ship running longer, stronger. It's not obsolete. It's a rare treasure. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. Alrighty, welcome back to Drive Radio KLC 560. Damn, you are in for the vacationing John Rush. Up next is Don in Littleton. And uh, hey, Don, just want to really thank you for uh, thinking about uh, John and his brother and the thoughts and prayers for all that. We really appreciate that. Charlie, can you queue up Don in Littleton? Uh, there he gosh, is. If I could. There we go. All right, you're on now, Don. Sorry, we had a technical problem there. Oh, thanks. I had a... a question for Josh, if I might. Sure. Yeah. Um, Josh, I have a couple of cars, uh, a 2015 uh, or 16 HRV Honda and a older 07 Tacoma pickup, and both of those are port injection. They're not the gas direct injection. Mm-hmm. And I've just been wondering about EPR. I, I hear that that's really good to use for gas direct injection, but how about for port injection engines? It's great for port injection. You don't need to use it all the time. You know, I would probably recommend once a year. You know, it depends on how often okay. you do an oil change. So every two or three oil changes, use the EPR. Because you're still building up carbon in that motor, but it doesn't rob the power like with the direct injection. All the direct injection cars just tend to build so much carbon anymore. But uh, okay. the EPR will help, and it'll help with those rings. So especially the Honda, you know, Honda's always kind of had its a little bit of an issue, I feel, with their oil control rings. They get, okay. you know, s- they get the sticking on it, and an EPR will sit there and clean those oil control rings up and, and keep them nice and loose so that, you know, especially if you'll notice as the Honda gets older, it'll start to burn, you know, about half a quart of oil every 3,000 miles or so. Put an EPR okay. in there, and that'll, that'll help with that. Interesting. So the EPR really works more on the oil on the oil part of the engine, not the not the combustion chamber so much. It does now on the the way it works on the combustion chamber side is that you put it in and the oil always so you have a PCV system, so yes. the EPR goes through and starts cleaning up that PCV system. So the PCV system is you know breathing crankcase ventilation is what it yes. is, and it goes sure. through and lets that EPR come through and actually start to clean up that system and work on the, okay. you know, not just the oil side, but the intake side, too. Oh, okay. That, well, fair enough. That makes sense. I'll, I guess I'll try that. I use 44K, but I've never really, uh, never really used the EPR stuff. 
Yeah, and it'll work wonders, you know, on your other cars, too. You know, you don't need have to do you, it all the time. Ever, okay. okay. Have you ever pulled down an engine that has regularly used EPR? Yeah, I just did my Subaru. So we, and, and could you tell a difference? You could. So we, I have, you know, a bore scope. So we looked in there before, you know, and saw all the stuff that we could see, the valve train and everything, and you could see the carbon on it. And then I put the EPR in it and, and ran it through, and you could just go in with a bore scope and see the difference of how it cleaned off all the parts okay. in there. And there's no, uh, there's no bad side effects, something that I'm not thinking about. Well, you don't want to just put it in and drive it. So, you know, you only put it in for 10 minutes right before you do the oil change, and then you get it out of the right. car. You know, you can't leave it in there because it'll start washing stuff. You know, it'll wash your okay. bearings, and then that can cause side effects then. So you just do put you it run in. On a, oh, pardon me. Go ahead. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. Do you run it on a, do you put it in on a cold engine, or can you put it in on a warm engine? You want to run it on a warm engine. Get it up to operating temp. Get everything running. Pour it in and just kind of let it run. Idle and maybe give it, you know, two th- two grand. Don't, you know, rev it, but don't put a load on it. So don't go drive it around the block. And just okay. let it kind of work its way through and clean it up and then do the oil change immediately. Uh, you use about, you put it in for about 10 minutes? Is about 10 to idea? 15 minutes. Yeah, just kind of let okay. it work in there and, you know, don't drive it around because then you're actually putting more of a load on the parts. Then. All right, fair enough. Then you drop the oil and the filter both then. Exactly. Okay, well, I appreciate that. I might give that a try. It sounds like it'd be a, a good idea to use. It is. Yeah, I don't think it'll help with, with both your cars. Okay. Thanks an awful lot for the help. Thank you. Have a good day. Thanks, Don. Really appreciate the call. JR in Denver, you're up next. Welcome to Drive Radio. Well, thank you, Dan, for taking my call. Thank you for calling in. Okay. I have a question for Josh and one for the windshield. Okay. Mm -hmm. Josh, uh, I have a uh, 2010 Toyota 4Runner. I just flushed out the uh, power steering fluid, and it talks about Dextron 2 or Dextron 3 for the power steering. Mm-hmm. I didn't have it. I used a, a ATF 4 okay. Dextron. It says it replaces the 3. Is that okay? Yeah, it's fine. It with In the power steering system, it's just using it as a hydraulic fluid. So it, you know, it that'll be fine for the seals in the system. And unlike if it was in the transmission where, you know, you need the additives for different heat and how they build all the components from transmission, in the power steering system, it's nothing but a, a hydraulic fluid. So that floor was good. Uh, yeah, it'll work just fine in there. Okay, also, uh, in your group, uh, do you have a, since Larry's transmission is gone, who do you have uh, rebuilding transmissions now? Do any of you do that in your group? I don't think we do have anybody right now. I don't know, but JR, why don't you send John an uh, email, John Rush an email, and it's john at drive-radio.com. And John will know who in the group is working on transmissions or where they're taking their transmissions to, and that'll be a good reliable source for you. Because I know I know most of your group does, you do you do the maintenance for the transmissions, right? Flushes and that, and uh, refills and that. And yeah, and we do we do all that, and a lot of us, and we can replace your transmission. We're just not building them in house. We usually use Jasper or somebody like a good remanufacturer for our transmission replacements. Oh. Okay, on the windshield. Now, I had a uh, windshield replaced by uh, my Novus here a couple of uh, months ago by a guy named Washington, last name Washington. Okay, yes. With him. Yep. Oh, okay. Anyways, on the, the top of the windshield, is, is there molding there? Is there stock molding supposed to be there? Uh, I'm sorry, which, which kind of vehicle is this? Okay, it's 2010 
Toyota 4Runner. Uh, yes, I do believe there is a topside molding on that one. Yeah, because I don't think it had one in the beginning. I, I don't, hmm. Uh, I mean, go for that did they did, a rubber molding or maybe a, like a chrome molding or something, but there's nothing up there on top. Um, usually it's on the underside, so the molding is attached to the glass and it's on the underside of it. Um, so sometimes it does, I mean, depending where the windshield's sitting. Um, did you look down? Can you see the paint or can you, do you, can you see the rubber molding on there? Because I'm assuming it's probably... Rubber. I mean, it's still, he sealed it good. It's all, it's all good. It just, I, I just thought, well, what, why is there a strip left there? There's, it's an empty strip on top, an empty void, but maybe that's stock. I don't know. Uh, I believe there should be a rubber strip, so I, I'd check with them, or, you know, again, you could send them a picture if you always want to send us a, you can send us a picture as well. We could look at it real quick, too, so. Okay. I'll do that, okay? All righty. Okay, thanks a lot, Thank you. Thanks, thanks, Jerry. Sarah. I really appreciate it. On the, Josh, on the CVT transmissions, mm-hmm. I hear you guys talking about this all the time on Drive Radio. Everybody's talking about CVT transmissions. How do you know if you have one? How do you know? And then because it sounds like that they do need to be maintained quite a bit. They do. And compared to maybe a standard transmission. And kind of real quick, tell us the difference between a CVT transmission and maybe a standard transmission. So a, a standard automatic transmission actually has gear sets in it, and it, it shifts. And then usually with a CVT, you have two, two cogs, that dip and they don't have, you don't feel a gear. As you drive down the road, it feels like it just never shifts. So you never feel that, you know, boom every time it shifts. And that's the main difference. That's kind of how you know. When you get in, it just feels like you never feel a shift. You probably have a CVT I always call it the rubber band winding up. It is the rubber that's band it winding like. up. It's kind of like an old snowmobile, you know. <laughs> that's Well, that's how they started. Actually, oh, okay. the CVT transmission started in snowmobiles. Oh. So that's why they feel well, the see, same there to you. you. <laughs> okay. Okay. So, what, and then, t- t- so you guys were talking about, you know, having to do the transmission service like at every 30,000 miles. Do they just not have the longevity of a standard automatic transmission, and that's why you're having to do this? It depends on the manufacturer, you know, of the the transmission. I personally don't feel they have the longevity of the automatics. You know, we've come a long ways, but we've had automatics for over 100 years now, and the CVTs and cars, we're only about 15 years into it. So the technology just hasn't caught up on it. So, you know, and they're always playing with the fluids, trying to make them last longer, just like we've done with ATF. You know, now right. every manufacturer has their own ATF that has to meet their spec for how they build the transmission. And that's what we're dealing with with CVTs too. You know, and the, the weaker ones, the, the Subarus seem to be a little weaker than the others. So that's why I've been recommending every 30,000 miles doing the transmission service. What, on what does the CX-5 have? The Mazda CX-5. Do you ever get any of those in, or do you do you don't? It depends on which one you have. I think you probably have a CVT in there. Okay. On that one, because that's the that's the smaller, yeah, not the, the real small one, but the smaller SUV version from Mazda, the CX-5. That's what my wife drives. That's why I'm asking. It's like, <laughs> oh great, do we have one of these? And I don't even know it because I don't ever really drive it, so I don't know. Yeah, and right now, you know, it, it's hard to tell which is in it until you actually look it up or or go drive it because. It looks like an automatic, you know, it's not like a stick shift where you know for sure with a clutch pedal and a, and a stick shift, you have the stick shift, you know, they, the controls are the same as an automatic, so a lot of people don't know until they just wonder why it doesn't shift. Yeah, it doesn't, <laughs> doesn't sh- yeah, I just, um, 
but you know, but you're concerned about that because you want to make sure that you're taking care of these things properly. And it's not like when you buy the car, the guy selling you the car goes, "Oh, by the way, right. you got a CVT transmission that you need to change the fluid every you know thirty thousand miles." Yeah, they never tell they, you. They about won't tell the you the maintenance that. side of it. No, <laughs> never ever. And so you wouldn't know unless you listen to a show like this or you happen to do research. But you can even research it. Go CVT on it. Doesn't mean anything to me. Exactly. I have no idea what that means. Yeah. Right. Until yeah, unless you look so, at it, no, you won't. Yeah. Okay, very good. Okay, so um, coming up to a break, but let's do this. Uh, we've got open lines. The question of the day, Charlie. The question of the day is, okay, the question, the question of the day is, what was the most romantic experience you've done or had with your spouse in your car? Spouse-related, car-related, most romantic experience. We've had some really good ones today. And uh, so you're listening to Drive Radio, KOZ 560. My guests are Jack, I'm sorry, Zach Dowd from Novus <laughs> Auto Glass and Josh Goff from Legacy Auto in Boulder. They're here to answer all your car care questions. I'm Dan Muir in for John Rush, and we'll be right back. Hello, Drive Radio listeners. This is Chris Hammond with Ken's and Leslie Distributing, your local BG Products distributor. Back again this week with your BG Tech Tip. This week, we're going to talk about one of the most expensive components in your whole car, the transmission, specifically the transmission fluid. You see, according to the Automatic Transmission Rebuilders Association, or ATRA, the number one cause for transmission failure is fluid failure. And the number one cause for fluid failure is heat. You see, most transmission fluids can last as long as 100,000 miles as long as the fluid stays at or below 180 degrees. According to ATRA, for every 20 degree increase in the operating temperature of that fluid, the life of the fluid is halved. That means conditions like stop and go traffic or mountain driving or the terrible Colorado weekend combination of both can quickly lead to a severe degradation of transmission fluid, thusly significantly reducing the protection needed to keep that expensive component trouble-free and fun to drive. So, what should you do? At BG, we recommend replacing any fluid prior to the point of failure. In our experience, replacing the transmission fluid every 30,000 miles and treating the new fluid with an antioxidant conditioner will protect your car for life. Thanks again, Drive Radio listeners. This is Chris Hammond with BG Products. We'll talk to you again next week. Call Novus Auto Glass as soon as you notice a chip or crack in your windshield so they can save you more money. Novus Auto Glass wants to help you save more money by repairing chips and cracks whenever possible. With their patented glass repair technology, Novus can tackle tougher cracks than the competition. In some cases, they can repair cracks up to a foot long, but you have a much better chance at getting a repair when you act fast. Glass repair is more complicated than you think. Something as simple as going through a car wash could make your little chip or crack unfixable. No matter what sort of damage you're dealing with, though, there's never any risk with a Novus repair. Should your windshield repair fail, they will credit the cost toward a replacement. Novus works with all insurance companies, and for those without windshield coverage, Novus will give you a discounted cash price. It's simple. Novus Autoglass saves you more money. Visit drive-radio.com slash Novus now and find the windshield repair expert nearest you. Novus Autoglass, the inventors of windshield repair. Paul Lewinberger with American National Insurance offers a rebate program unlike any other. Every year that you don't file a claim, you get a certain percentage of your money back. 
Just one example of how Paul Lewinberger, the personal insurance agent of John Rush, keeps your rates so low. He rewards his customers for their diligence and responsibility. Paul can also help you strategize about when to file a claim and when to pay out of pocket so you save more money in the long run. You don't want to shop online for insurance because you have no idea what you're buying. You need Paul Lewinberger with American National, the No Surprises Insurance Agent. Call 303-662-0789. That's 303-662-0789. And ask Paul Lewinberger with American National Insurance for details about his unique rebate program for home and auto insurance. Talk to somebody with the expertise to advise you so you get the coverage you expect. To combat food inflation, Barber's Foods is offering great deals to help fill your freezer. Prices for soybeans and corn are up, and most farm animals are fed on corn and soy. So it's costing more to feed animals. That's why meat prices will be going up this year everywhere, an estimated 10 to 25 percent. To save money on high-quality meats, head over to barbersfoods.com and click on the Fill My Freezer page to see all of their specials. Colorado-produced ground beef in one-pound user-friendly packages, only $2.99 per pound. Pittman Farms boneless, skinless, air-chilled chicken breasts in small, easy-to-use packs for only $5.99 per pound. Barber's Foods knows the families that raise and process the meats they sell, so whether it's Pittman Farms air-chilled chicken, the Beeler family Duroc non-GMO pork, Colorado-grown beef, or any of the other meats they sell, they know that the animals were raised right and cared for humanely. Barber'sFoods.com, Colorado native-owned since 1949. everybody, welcome back to Drive Radio KLZ 560. Damn, you're in for John Rush. Along with me is Zach Dowd from Novus Auto Glass and Josh Goff from Legacy Auto. They're here to answer all of your car care questions. And of course, we've got the question of the day, which is what was the most romantic experience or thing that you've done with your spouse in your car? And so we just want the car included. Please keep it you know, family friendly because you never know who's listening. Right, guys? Right. Hi, Mom. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, we don't want to give away all the secrets. And uh, so, you know, we're talking about um, auto repair and auto maintenance and keeping things up. You know, dirt is always a deal. And, and you know, in a lot of times, so you go in and you know, somebody brings their car to Legacy and it's like, can I just get the oil changed? Okay. Then you, then you always call them back. Well, you need a filter. You need a cabin air filter. You need... Whatever, and then we're all thinking, yeah, you're just trying to get me for money. Right. You're just trying to get me. But these things really do matter, don't they? They do. You know, think about the the air filter as it keeps the dirt from getting into the motor and causing all the issues. You know, and when it's dirty, you know, it doesn't flow well, and you start losing horsepower and and, and fuel economy. That, so that's it's what it costs you in the long yeah, run. And, and the fuel economy. And so it's really important to keep these things clean. Now, I've noticed, too, that cars don't seem to need the greasing and the, all this kind of stuff like they used to. Why is that? They don't. They've been working on that for years to just get a lot of the maintenance costs out of it, you know, and kind of extend it. So it seems like we were talking earlier, what used to be done every 30,000 miles is now every 50,000 miles. And they're just trying to keep them where well, you're not maintaining them as often, but they still, you know, need maintenance. That's they've gone to the ball joint. So back in the day, used to have drive shafts, which now you know we're mostly front wheel drive with CV joints. And you used to have all the ball joints had grease zerks on it, so you could maintain that. And they've all gone to maintenance free ones. So now we just replace the ball joints instead of maintaining them like we used to. Yeah, but they do last longer, right? They do last longer. Yeah, yeah. 
and that's just technology you know as, as time goes by we a lot better metallurgy than we ever had and a lot better chemicals and and plastics than we ever had so that's why they're able to make it last longer you know brakes are a big deal to me as much are. driving as i do brakes are a huge deal so when it comes to brakes how often should you really have your brakes changed now this car this car that i currently have this mazda cx9 i'm guessing that i still have the original rotors on it from the standpoint that when i bought it it had seventeen thousand miles and i don't think you normally would change rotors out at seventeen thousand miles would you not unless you we only change them out with the pads okay so if if somebody okay but how long should factory rotors last right now because rotors have gotten cheaper we pretty much replace the rotors with the pads every time because okay. that way, you and know. And then how long do pads last then? It depends on your driving style. <laughs> <So> <laughs> you know, some of my cars, if I can get 15,000 miles out of them, you know, I'm lucky. And the other ones, you can go 30, 35, maybe 40. It all depends on how you drive it. Okay, so is there a chance that these rotors have really lasted 60,000 miles? They could have, yes. That's incredible. Yeah. Because I was sitting here thinking, okay, I really didn't think anybody would have changed them at you know, 16 and a half or 17,000 miles. I just, just didn't have that <laughs> feeling. It looked good. It sounded good. It braked well, you know, and then I went and changed, you know, I had the pads changed mm -hmm. here about halfway in my, my journey now. And I was never happy with the pad change. Right. They were noisy. Yep. I cannot stand noisy brakes. What in the world causes that? So dirt is the number one cause of that. And also the, how the pads are made. So the cheaper pads are always going to be noisy and dusty all the time. That's how they do it because they're saving money. So they put, you know, components that that just wear and, and make noise, and they don't last as long. You know, the higher quality stuff makes them there for a longer lasting and quieter brake job. Okay, so when you say the, the higher quality stuff, what do you mean by that? Just the price point. So, you know, we have basically um, ceramic and semi-metallic pads and organic that's however you want. You know, if it came with ceramics, I usually put ceramics on. If it came with organics, I put organics okay, on. Okay, hold it. You're, I know you're from Boulder, <laughs> but when you say organic pads, I'm thinking like beyond meat. Right. I mean, what, what, what do you mean by organic pads? You just, they're, they're not made with, you know, so the metallics have metal in them. The ceramics have, you know, ceramic in them. And the organics are just their old school ones where, you know, they have, you know, sawdust and good stuff oh, like that. <laughs> really? <laughs> no, but, a, you know, a con a component like that in it so okay all right so so it does make a difference now let's say you ask for high quality pads mm -hmm. how do you know you're getting them what 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 as the consumer as the person coming to you and saying hey i want good brake pads i'm tired of my car making noise let's say you put on the good brake pads and it still makes noise is it something i did is it what's going on with that it's not i would take it right back to where you got done and okay. have them look at it you know make sure you know some you know, we do break the jobs all the time, and sometimes the manufacturers have a bad run or they just didn't come off the line right. Or there's another issue that didn't get addressed during the break job. Okay. Is it is it normal to get that dust? You're always going to have a gray, dusty stuff. You're always going to have a little dust because okay. that's how the brakes work is, you know, they wear down over time. So you're always going to have a little dust. But when you have a lot of dust and... I would have that looked into. Either you put the lower quality parts on it and that's just part of it, 
or there's an issue one of the pads is sticking and wearing faster than the other one and causing too much dust okay so i've got this little device in my car it's from t-mobile it's called the sync mm-hmm. right and so it monitors the engine it even you know it'll tell me how fast i went that day it'll tell me it'll tell me all this stuff right and so heavy braking seems to be an issue of mine <laughs> So I suppose that wears on the brakes as well. That it does. <laughs> I was always that guy in front of me. So I don't know. Uh, Bob, is Bob ready? No? Okay. So um, so it's just, um, you know, so so your driving habits, mm-hmm. your, the conditions you drive in. Exactly. Um, the, all these things will add up to the brakes. And so, actually, I think if I've actually gotten 60-some thousand miles out of these rotors, that's doing pretty good. That is pretty good, especially since you probably drive like you just have a toggle switch. <laughs> did I confess that in the last <laughs> you hour? Did, the last hour. Well, it's, it's true. I do. And um, so, because so the, so the, I noticed when they changed the brake pads, that's when the noise started. Yeah. You know, that's so I should have done, I should have went right back to them. I mean, it's too late now. I've got way too many miles on them probably to to change anything on that but that's that's probably what it was cheap pads it could be yeah because i asked for their best pads i when it comes to this stuff i just i asked i want the best right i did and i really don't know how to ask for it just give me the best right and so because i think personally i think if you use the high quality stuff it should last longer it should last longer and you know less noise less dust better stopping you know i can always tell when i put the cheaper pads on a car they just don't stop as fast as when you have the high quality stuff on yeah that does make it does make a big difference and i and i would think too that that goes for a lot of the things that you do with your car so i mean okay so there's all these different grades of air filters cabin air there filters are. engine air filters tell us a little bit about the differences in some of those and and, and why you should maybe use the more high quality ones well especially on like the oil filters you know the, the cheap ones that we get you, you know, you want the oil filter to be filtering the whole oil change, so not. Right. And some of the other ones um, in the oil filter is what's called a bypass. So if it plugs up, it won't just quit oiling your car. It just bypasses. It quits filtering. Quits filtering. It quits filtering. So that's why you want to put in a good oil filter that makes it the whole, you know, life of the oil change. Some of them, I've seen studies where they're done at a thousand and a half miles, that they are they're in what? bypass that quick. Yeah. They're plugged up and in bypass when a thousand and a half miles. Well, in effect, aren't you destroying your engine at that you are, point? You're, you're no longer filtering the fluids in there. So you're not getting the dirt that comes in out of the oil. You're just running the same dirty oil over and over and over again. So that's why I always recommend, you know, a high quality, like a Napa Gold filter. They'll make it, you know, in all the studies they do, they make it 5,000, 7,500 miles. You know, they're guaranteed to go that far. Even Ford had a what's called technical service bulletin on oil filters. Like if you're having these codes because it was um they have variable valve timing which is oil related issues and if you put the wrong filter on you know basically said don't call us <laughs> really yeah. okay well that okay oh it's break time okay let's go to break uh you're listening to drive radio klz 560 damn you were in for john rush i got zach dowd from novus auto glass and josh goffs from legacy auto they're here to answer all of your car care questions and we'll be right back 
Going into the showroom at Purefoy Chevrolet, one of the things that struck me is that the people that work there, they're just regular people. You talk to the guy that's helping you, and you get the sense of, this is just another person. He wants to help me. He wants to make sure that I get the right car. He's asking the right questions, but without being pushy. I just get a sense that he's really invested in what I need to find for my my family and for me. Rolly Purifoy is not somebody who would ever brag about himself, but he has an incredible history with Chevrolet, and that's why he cares about those vehicles so much. He's actually been a test driver for some of the models, and he's even had some input in the design. If you just ask Rolly some questions about his history, he has the most fascinating stories. He's one of those owners who will just chat with you like an ordinary person. He's just one of those people you really need to meet. I would highly recommend Purifoy Chevrolet. They're a really remarkable group of people. Hi, I'm Rolly Purefoy. We're just up the road in Fort Lupton and on the web at purefoychevrolet.com. Find new roads. Most oil changes are the same. Old oil out, new filter, new oil in. It's a routine, a chore on the to-do list. What if your oil change wasn't the same as the rest? What if it was life-changing? BG. A BG oil change can change your life because it comes with free lifetime protection for your engine and fuel system, which means a lifetime of peace of mind for you. Find a shop near you at bgfindashop.com. That's bgfindashop.com. BG. No one likes to be that person. You know the one, stuck on the side of the road, busted tire, making everyone slow down to get around them. With Legacy Automotive's new tire sales, you don't have to be that person, ever. Here in our Colorado climate, you might be closer to needing new tires than you think. A bad set of tires can be dangerous and even life-threatening. Tires should be regularly examined for cracks, bulges and blisters, and other signs of wear and tear on your vehicle. The skilled team at Legacy Automotive in Boulder will be able to examine your current set of tires, let you know what they recommend based on what they find, and help you get on the road. Legacy Automotive is a Napa Gold Certified Auto Care Shop and employs ASC Certified Technicians. So don't be that guy, and make an appointment at Legacy Automotive today at 303-396-0555, or visit them online at LegacyAutomotive.com. Legacy Automotive, locally grown auto repair. Hunting down that hard-to-find part for an out-of-the-ordinary car can be quite a time-consuming chore. Unless, of course, you just go around the corner to your local Napa Auto Parts store, where we have over 310,000 parts, all of them made to fit and perform just like the original. Yeah, there are people who say it's the journey and not the destination, but those people have never tried to find an alternator for an 82 Fiat on a Saturday. Go to NapaOnline.com for the location nearest you. Napa, get the good stuff. Alrighty, everybody, welcome back to Drive Radio KLZ 560. Dan Muir in for John Rush. Question of the day is, what was the most romantic experience or thing you've done with your spouse in your car? This is still February, the, the month of love. So let's talk about that. Also, I've got Jack. Oh, Jack. I can't read my own writing, Zach. At one point, you'll get it here. Yeah, before, you know. Before one, Zach Dowd, Novus Auto Glass, and Josh Goff from Legacy Auto in Boulder here to answer your car care questions. And I believe Bob is ready. Bob, welcome to Drive Radio. How you doing? Not too bad. How are the guys doing today? We're doing yeah, good. good. Having fun. I'm sorry. I said we're doing good and having fun. Love being yeah. on the radio. There you go. There you go. That's it. And in the land here of uh, retired and more tired. Uh, <laughs> 
<laughs> and a retired mechanic on top of that with this arthritis. Oh, my. Uh, I want to run something by you guys. I know this horse has probably been beaten pretty well over the years. But it's about the octane rating and what to run in your various, uh, practically a fleet now. I'm going to have to sell a car or two after <laughs> me and Grandma both being retired. But, the you know, it's like looking in the manuals, and they'll recommend, you know, about everything I have, use regular fuel. Regular is fine, but it'll also say 87 octane. Mm -hmm. Now, I'm thinking, too, that some of this may have to do with the fact that those manuals are made up for, you know, vehicles run that are not at altitude. You know? Right. And, you know, a lot of, not a lot of reading and research on it. People think, they think they're, they're wasting their money. I've known that for years, that... If you have a lower compression, I mean, like way back when, um, you can actually hurt your fuel economy by going to higher octane. Mm -hmm. But you should only, you know, only run what you need in it. And by, by going to higher octane, you can think maybe you're, you're, you're treating the engine, it's getting better cleaners, what have you, and not the case. Right. Uh, you know, I was just curious about that for the various vehicles that I have. Um, for it, Bob, Bob, this is a great question because I'm really curious too because I was running the lowest octane and then I read my manual and said you're supposed to run the 87 octane. So I switched to the mid-grade, which is the 87. Should I have done that? Well, did, my thing is, you know, did it make a difference? Did you feel that I, I you felt had, more like power, it had more power, you got better fuel economy, or did you not? I, I felt, yeah, I felt like everything did improve. I Especially running up into the mountains, I felt like... I really was getting my, because you know me, I drive really slow in the left lane. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. I felt like I was getting, you know, the max performance out of my car. I love driving up I-70 out of here. And it's, I felt like it was zooming right along. Then it's worth it. Okay. So, you know, so that's what I always ask, you know, if, is run what your manufacturer suggests and then, you know, put the higher octane in and see if you get better fuel economy and if you get, you know, more horsepower. If you do, stick with... Well, you know, I've got the range indicator on my car, and I think what it does is it averages and it keeps telling you what you're doing. And right. my and my range actually went up by 20 miles um, after then, I switched over to the higher octane. Yeah, because you have oh, more really? power. And that's yeah, so. even going up in the hills and up uh, up to higher altitude. Yeah, well, my car's turbocharged, so it's I don't know oh, if that okay. really oh, matters yeah. other than it just goes really good. Yeah, you definitely oh, okay. need to, you definitely need to stay with the octane rating. Of your car being turbocharged. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That was a. That was what I was wondering because that was the last vehicle we just bought. It's likely our last car, mm -hmm. Mama's retirement car. <laughs> and we bought a. Did you get uh, her a vet or what'd you get her, man? Something, something to zoom around in. I'm sorry. Did you get her a vet or a Mustang or something to zoom her around in? Uh, oh God, no. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. No, she. Uh, you know, looking everything over, it kind of surprised her. Well, it's going to end up being, you know, like an Accord. It's going to be the Camry. And then after uh, getting into, you know, hearing some friends about the, the Volkswagens. Mm -hmm. Volkswagens aren't what you think, you know, from back when, you know. And after getting in and taking a test drive in a new 2020 Passat, she said, oh, my gosh, I, li I like this car way better. I like the way it's ride, you know, everything about it 
and uh, it's quite a ride. And uh, not only that, from uh, price-wise, too, <laughs> compared oh, to Camry LE, uh, after doing a little wheel in a deal and a talking, got between five and almost five and six grand less, you know, on that Passat. And if Mama loves it, boy, that's a deal. That you bet it is. <laughs> See, Bob, you're even answering the question of the day, romancing cars and Mama loving it. That's good. Yeah, you're right in so, there. But, you know, I've wondered that. Um, we have, Well, two of the other cars we have, they're 06s. Mm-hmm. One's a Taurus, and it's that Vulcan engine. And I noticed no difference between the 85 octane and the 87 on it for mileage or power or anything, even the few times that, you know, we've taken it up the hills and, you know, over the tunnel and, you know, Glenwood and stuff. Never, never noticed no difference. Of course, it's naturally aspirated. Right. Um, look, we in, kind of inherited an 06 Mercury Montego, as our folks last week <laughs> Now, it is, you know, uh, it's that Duratec engine. Mm-hmm. And I noticed in the, between the uh, manuals, the Vulcan engine in the 06 Taurus, um, it's like about a 9-to-1 ratio. That Duratec and the Montego, it's like a 10-to-1. Right. And that does say, it does say 87 in it, in the manual board. Now, there's times, now I grandpa it, times all around town, and, you know, not really, haven't taken it up the hills yet or anything. But I've tried to tank between 87 of the 87 versus the 85 and notice no difference. Of course, I take it real easy. I haven't noticed anything, and even the fuel mileage. Hmm. So, you know, it made me wonder. Now, Mama's new pick for that Passat, that 2.0, <laughs> it's turboed. Yeah. So you... And I heard, I had, talking with the people at the dealership, they recommended, even though it says regular fuel, they said, don't use the regular fuel, use the 87 now, and I've read and heard a lot about because of the newer ones, it's direct injection. Right, and I would stay with that 87 on that turbo. You know, okay, I- that's what made me wonder. And they they commented that that could have a lot to do with carbon issue down the road. Yeah, and that's one of the things because they, you know, are really trying to keep this carbon down and changing the fuel to, to help with the carbon oh. buildups that we're having on these direct injection, and especially turbocharged direct injected cars, too. Uh-huh. Okay. Well, that's, you know, that's what I figured, you know, it's not, uh, that's probably the main thing with that rascal to go 87. And the other two uh, are already grandma and grandpa cars. (laughs) 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 You know, (laughs) we even make people older than us mad because we take it so easy. But, you know. (laughs) (laughs) But anyway, yeah, without telling any difference, you know, they seem to do fine with it. And, uh you know, get a, they've always gotten a dose of uh, 44K, you know, every so many, you know, 20, 30,000 miles. But but anyway, okay. Yeah, it made me wonder, you know, because I heard about, you know, once we went to direct, direct injection, we're not getting that fuel spray across the intake valve. Yeah, the val- intake valves are no longer wet. You know, they're dry all yeah, the time. Yeah, to help, so. keep, and help keep them clean. Right. Well, it made me wonder how could the... 87 octane, since it's not being sprayed across that valve at all, how could that make a difference in the carbon? You know, know, so you're probably getting a better burn, I think. It's that and the additives. Usually it seems like as you go up and fuel, you know, octane, you get better additive package for each grade you pay more for. So 
but with the 87 on turbo car, you know, you're getting a, a better burn. You're getting that much, you know, before you when the knock, you know, if you have 85 octane, you know, it'll start to knock a little bit and the car will start pulling back power on those turbo cars. And this one lets it go all the way, you know, and burn it completely. So you're not going to have as much carbon when you get a good fuel burn. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I've heard that it's, it's good to go ahead and do, uh, an intake clean anyway. Uh, Due to the direct injection, mm-hmm. anyway, because they because they just will the intake valve and stem, they just will carbon up. Yeah, and I'm just recommending about every thirty on cars. Do we have a direct injection service that we do? And so it's sitting there, you know, running the cleaner across the intake valve and getting all that carbon broke up on them. Ah, uh, right. Okay. Yeah, yeah. You don't want to build up too much and cut down on the flow. So. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So okay. All righty. Well, that that pretty much does it. It's uh, yeah. You just uh, that's a that's a whole different ball game with the direct injection and uh, and the turbocharger the too. Turbo, yeah. So okay. All right, guys. Super. Well, thank you for this time. So thanks, Bob. Appreciate, appreciate it. Time. Appreciate it. Charlie. Do I have time for Mike? Okay, Mike in Aurora. Welcome to Drive Radio. How you doing? Oh, doing good, Dan. And I agree with you. I hate brake squeals. Oh, God. It just <laughs> drives me nuts. I feel like that whole car is oh, yeah. falling apart. I hate it. Well, it just, yeah, it cuts right through your head. The it good does. thing is it, it, does get, it, it gets pedestrians' attention. It, <laughs> it does. <laughs> it does wake them right up. This is true. This yeah. is true. Yeah. Uh, mine, um, it's the front brakes, and I took it back to the, uh, well, I bought it used. I took it back to the dealer, and they, they turned the rotors which mm-hmm. I didn't know was a no-no. And so when I was in to Ken's over at Tech for regular maintenance, I mentioned it to him. And he said, he, well, he looked and he said, the rotors are too thin. We need to put new ones on. Mm-hmm. And he's also said that the uh, squeal was coming from the pistons pressing in on the back of the metal plate on the brake pads. Mm-hmm. And, so I, and so I said, you know, while you're in there putting new rotors, can you put uh, grease in? And that lasted for like a two and a half months or something until the car washed and the elements washed it off, I guess. And so I, it, it, that's going to be the problem no matter what kind of brake pads I put on, won't it? It will, but the, the shims is what the, the main thing. So if you look at pads, they always put shims. And right now, you know, it used to be just was a metal shim, and we put some sort of grease or something like that on it to keep it from doing that. But all the new ones, they're putting all kinds of ceramic coatings and all this so that the They'll, the shim itself will always float on top of that piston and not make that noise. So a higher quality brake pad should have good shims that will keep that from happening. Okay, yeah, the shim is the back of the, the brake yeah, pad. Yes, yeah, so you got the back of the brake pad, and then you'll, you get these little you know thin pieces of metal that you stick on the back of the brake pad. Those are the shims. Hmm, okay. okay and so, so I would yeah, check, uh, and I'm sure he did, but check and make sure that, you know, sometimes – you know, when the mechanics do it, they forget to put the shims on or, or something of that nature. So make sure they're there, you know. And if you have a good high-quality brake pad, it'll they'll stay. You know, they won't start rusting up, and that's what it really is, is it's starting to bind to that piston, you know, and that's where you get that squeak from it. Well, yeah, it only happens when I apply the brakes, too. Right, like at a full stop. Yeah. All righty, um, Mike. Hey, Mike, um, I can hold you over, or um, I have to let you go, but we're at the top of the hour break, and I got to – Take the break. So appreciate the call. If you want to hang on, we'll talk to you on the other side. Appreciate it. Ron and Firestone, you hang tight too. And we'll be right back. You're listening to Drive Radio KLZ 560.
Still haven't had enough? Go to drive-radio.com, email your questions and comments, download previous programs, and find lots of useful information, including your nearest Colorado Select Auto Care Center. That's drive-radio.com. Thanks for listening to Drive Radio, sponsored by the member shops of Colorado Select Auto Care Centers on KLZ 560.